Ho, ho, ho. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're going to be talking about pricing today and testing and some other things, AI. So hang on. But first, a nice Christmas commercial from T-Mobile. Here we go. I'm playing it a little fast because it's a little long. Christmas tree, it's time to face my family. Uncle asks me directly, when will I get my law degree? Auntie thinks that I'm a catch, asked me to let her find my match. Mum wants grandkids desperately, and questions my fertility. Somebody please rescue me. <coughs> I have the hardest question for There's you. There's Grandma. Are you happy? I'm not sure oh, that's Christmas the best tree, question, but oh, it is Christmas a tree. question. How lovely is it might be better than the other ones. Okay, so that's from T-Mobile for Christmas. I'm running out of Christmas commercials, which is probably good because we're, you know, we only have a few days left of the 12 days of Christmas. And uh, so let's get over to the news. Farmers is helping out farm. No, Culver's is helping out farmers. Oops, I got the wrong button here. And uh, they've created a charity. And so far it's accumulated or it's raised $5 million, but only about, but about a million in the last year. Uh, one of the ways that they raised money, which was interesting, was for a dollar. There's a Culver's just right right that way, about a block. And uh, I go there now and then. But I didn't realize that you could, when they're having this fundraising thing, you can uh, get a dollar Culver's Sunday. No, just a scoop. A one scoop, which is about all I ever want, you know, and that's very, very rich stuff that that Culver's um, custard. For a dollar, you can get a scoop, and it they donate that to Future Farmers of America and other farm-related organizations, but especially Future Farmers, it looks like. Uh, they sponsored a contest for innovative farm uh ideas from young kids we had a ffa at our high school when i was there but um that wasn't the group i hung around with let's just say so anyway um this is a more interesting story new york times copyright lawsuit what does that mean for google and microsoft okay so the new york times is claiming that microsoft and google used literally tens of thousands at least of our of articles that that from the new york times in order to train the large language models for chat gpt and google's variations of them further microsoft made a commitment to legally back users of its products uh if of its ai products so that if you get sued for copyright, they'll defend you because they were so confident. I don't think they were confident that they didn't use material, copyrighted material to train their, their uh, AI, but rather they were confident that they could dodge copyright laws since nothing that they put out was exactly the same. It had, you know, the test has always been about 20%. But if you use all the articles in the world put together, and you uh, come out with some kind of 
you know, throw it in, all in a blender and come out with some kind of homogenized tripe, doesn't that, shouldn't that still be credited to the copyright holder? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. Um, millions of it, open article, open AI copied millions of its articles. Does the New York Times have millions of articles? That seems a little much. I don't know. And um, companies, oh, there we go. We're dead. Okay, companies use this information to train their models. Microsoft, OpenAI, and Microsoft could be liable for billions of dollars in damages. And they're seeking damages. Um, you know, they say it's fair use. If a third party sues a commercial customer for copyright infringement for using Microsoft's co-pilots or output they generate, we will defend the customer and pay the amount of any adverse judgments or settlements that result from the lawsuit as long as the customer used the guardrails and filters Microsoft has built into its products. So the New York Times, uh, the New York Times, Dan Danielle Coffey said, these companies repurpose and monetize news content competing with the very industry that they are benefiting from. Yeah, and uh, it, it further, if you, if you homogenize all the news, you won't be able to generate news with AI because the models deteriorate if they don't use human-created content, which is really interesting. Okay. So anyway, this one was from Nick Kalenda. Nick and I, Nick just uh, connected with me. He, he accepted my invitation. And so I'll keep an eye on his content. He has something interesting regularly. He says that, that speed and movement can influence perceived size. So something that moves slowly, they learned this in the monster movies, you know. If you want to make Godzilla look like a real dinosaur, don't make him move too fast, right? Like a human could. Make him move very slowly so they would slow down the film, right? And same with Tinkerbell, you know. Tinkerbell moved very fast in, in like, say, Hook. Very, very, very fast, right? And that makes her seem lightweight. And um, our brain is geared into that. So uh, you want to, if you want a low price, you might want to make it lightweight and move around. And so in the physical world, large objects move, mo move slowly and small objects move quickly. If we used adverbs for the verbs. Turns out we overextend these patterns into our into other things. Any motion, slow or fast, can activate a typical size. The faster it moved, the smaller it seemed. And this is according to a study from Gia and Kim and G in 2020, which is cited below. In a follow-up study, motion influenced their willingness to pay. Participants who wanted a portable device were willing to spend more if the device moved quickly. Isn't that fascinating? I think this is fascinating. Now, I don't see any testing going on in the real world where they actually apply these principles. But um, from the study, they said, observing a product's movements can activate nodes about animate agents' movements. Okay? 
And uh, maybe it impacts prices too. What if you eased scrolling on a pricing page? Prices would move up easily and effortlessly. Uh, would they seem lighter and smaller? Scroll jacking can often hurt UX, that's user experience, but maybe there's a subtle approach, parallax effect, or other techniques that could work. So the takeaways are slow is durable, fast is portable. Show the right speed for the right product in the ads. Fast is portable, slow is durable. Display prices at the top. Objects must be small to be lifted up high. Thanks to this daily experience, prices feel cheaper toward the top of the design. See my tactic on price location. And there's a, there's a downloadable link, PDF, uh, at the end of this article. Don't animate the price itself. Motion captures attention because it's unpredictably dangerous. While customers are debating their purchase, don't needlessly animate price. Customers will focus on it, subconsciously inferring that it has more capacity to change. And here's the study. Speed up, size down, how animate movement speed in product videos influence size assessment and product evaluation from the Journal of Marketing. Fascinating. And here's that PDF. I'm not sure if that's clickable. I'll have to get that link. I'll put that link. I'll make that link accessible in the show notes. And that's enough for today. Um, LinkedIn split it in half. So if we keep it under 10 minutes, I believe we can sneak it in. Have a great day. Like and share. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from the WDMA. Bye-bye.